We're back on Matadors pregame. Dave Serrano joins us ahead of the series against Cal State Fullerton. And, Coach, I'm going to jump right into it with you. We had a great conversation last week, and you brought up the term identity. You've been doing this a long time, and you've had a lot of success. If after 20 games a, co- a team is still kind of searching for identity, what does that mean? How much of that falls on you? How much of that falls on, on the players? Well, I'm always going to take full accountability for failures that we have in this program. The truth of it is is that myself and my coaching staff really have little control after they say play ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, could, we could, as the old saying, you can lead them to the water, but you can't make them drink. Um, I think we have a lot of great kids in this program. Uh, I think that I believe that this program will take the next step when the players' voices are louder than the coaches' voices. And they're hearing us every day, what the expectation is, what the standard is. We just need more people pulling in that direction. And as I've shared with this team many a times, is that we know where we stand right now. The reality is, are we playing for the Big West Championship? No. Are we playing for a postseason berth? No. But the older guys could leave their legacy And they can look back 10 years from now when they're successful in life and say, I was part of that when that program started going in the right direction. And that's what we're trying to do, along with with coaching and trying to make everybody better. Not just the guys that we know we're going to have next year, everybody better. Because as the leader of this program, I believe in in, uh, being fair and everybody should be coached the same. But I think it has – I play a big role in my leadership – I play probably the most important role of the message that gets sent, but it's how it trickles down in the program. And I think, I believe that's what we're still searching for is louder voices from the team, within the team, than even my voice. We've talked about this a lot, and I firmly believe that baseball is the greatest game. And I was watching Aaron Boone, and they, you know, New York media was, they were, it was like sharks in the water, right? Because the Yankees aren't doing well. And he kind of did a great explanation about, you know, in baseball sometimes when you're struggling, when you try, you can't really try harder, right? Trying harder actually makes things worse. Worse, worse. Baseball is a game of consistency, of rhythm, of repetition. You think some of the, not not all, because you got some guys who are playing some pretty good baseball right now, Coach. Do you think that may be befallen, particularly some of the veteran guys, that they really wanted to get out of the shoot fast, they weren't able to, and now they're pressing a little bit? I totally agree. I couldn't have put it in better words than you just did. I, I look at it another way is that maybe some of these guys had come back for their sixth, sixth year of college baseball because they still had that dream of playing pro ball. And as their season is gone, they're not putting up the numbers to get that opportunity, and they see that slipping away. They see the light at the end of the tunnel of their career coming to an end. And at, at some point it gets to become a little scary, is that now real life is ahead of me, so they can lose focus. And, and I want to emphasize again, I, we haven't had the success with this team that we wanted, that we set out to do to this point, but I don't really have a bad bone for these kids. And that's what probably hurts me a little bit more, is that I like these guys and we're not sharing success together. But I hope that everyone is learning, listening to the message that we're trying to get across every day. Because my job isn't just to win games here in the Big West Conference and nationally. My job is to prepare young men and men leading into life. So I'm hoping where they feel they're falling short, they're understanding where they're falling short, so it doesn't happen again later in their life. 
and you know we've had this discussion as well. Coaching is not all champagne and roses, right? There, there's a there's a reality side to it because whether you like it or not, whether it's fair or not, coach, you're going to be judged by wins and losses, mm-hmm. and then that's just the reality of it. Um, and you shared with me both publicly and privately how much you love the veterans, the older guys, you know, the guys who came back for you. Seven and thirteen, you're halfway through your schedule. Is there a threshold now where you're gonna gotta have to start looking at the younger guys a little bit, perhaps? Yeah, I think there'll come a point that that we're uh, we're not playing for next year, uh, but we are to some extent, and yeah, we'll start making decisions based off of the in the big scheme of things. It's it's about the program. Right. It's about the program. We're we're focused on this team, but it's about the, the long term of this program. So we've got to start basing decisions off of that. And, you know, some guys may not be happy about it, but I feel like I feel the one thing I put my head on the pillow every night and feel comfortable is that as I shared with you earlier in the year, we've given a lot of guys opportunities, maybe not equal across the board, but nothing in life is equal across the board. And so now we've got a little bit of a history of what we know is going to happen. We've got some young guys that we think have a chance to be uh, good baseball players in this program for the future to come. And so it's going to be our job as a coaching staff to not get caught up in the results of wins and losses, but it's about the development and the growth of this program. And then obviously last thing for you, the the team on the other dugout, you grew up there. You were an assistant there under Coach Horton. You you took them to Omaha as a head coach before you left for Tennessee. And I know you and Hook are are very close. Um, What's the feeling now? I mean, you didn't get a chance to compete against them last year. And you competed against them when you were head coach at Irvine, but you hadn't been the head coach at Fullerton yet. I mean, that, that's, you know, talk about blue blood. You know, we talk about basketball, you know, Kentucky, North Carolina. If there's a baseball list of blue bloods, Fullerton's on it, coach. Well, I, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I just said to Coach Walton when we were in the dugout and I was posting the ready list and the lineup and I was posting their roster and that circle logo with the F in the middle of it with the blue circle with the, the orange F. And I said... It's just something about that logo that kind of gets to me a little bit, in a good way, in a good way. What it represents, not just the past coaches, if I'm excluding myself of that, I'm talking about the players and the commitment to that program. And, and my point is, why can't the CSUN logo be the same one day too? There's nothing they have over us in regard, except for tradition. We're a state school. We can recruit many players in this state. We can get many kids in the school. Maybe we don't have the stadium that they have, but we have a field to play on that has a fence, that has a pitching rubber, that has a home plate. And I think it's the same dream that Coach Garrido had many, many years ago when he took that place when it was basically a high school field and won national championships. So there is a lot of uh, good feelings about it. And to me, that's the GPS. That's the GPS to what why I was so um, enthralled to take this opportunity at Northridge because why can't CSUN be the same as Cal State Fullerton one day? And I don't mean to put you on the spot. You, you actually gave me some good info before we turned the mic on. Take me before we, we let you go, and we appreciate your time as always, Coach. What's your relationship like with Coach Vanderhoek? I, you, you told me a great story about it. Well, I'll say this about Coach Vanderhoek. Uh, we shared the dugout for many years under Coach Horton, under a great leader. And I, I guess the best way to describe Rick and myself is I'm salt and he's pepper. <laughs> We're both different in the shakers, but at the end of the day, both need to be on the table to make the supper taste good. And I think that's what we were as, as assistant coaches to Coach Horton. We're completely different personalities. Uh, he likes to yell, and he knows I'd say that. He likes to cuss a lot. Um, I'm more a little bit mild-mannered. 
but that's why we gelled so well together. I have the utmost respect. I'll say this, and I have no. Rick Vanderhoek is the most one of the most well-rounded baseball minds that I've been around, and I've been fortunate to be around a lot. And Rick is at the top of that list. He knows baseball uh, in all aspects, and I have a lot of respect not just for that program, but that coaching staff. Sergio Brown was on my staff at Fullerton and at Irvine. Danny Rickenbaugh pitched me at Sears College. So just like the Irvine deal. It's, it's family, and you know, uh, but uh, I want to beat family. I like beating family, and, 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 and hopefully for the Matadors, it starts today. Thanks as always. Thank you. That's Dave Serrano. Right back after this.